This episode is brought to you by Wingnut Social, a digital marketing agency for interior design pros. To find out more information, head on over to wingnutsocial.com. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your design business? Then welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social, helping home professionals accelerate their success with proven industry practices and expert advice. Hey kids, welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social. I am your hostess with the mostest, Darla Jethro Powell. And today we're talking about how to run your interior design business in an economic downturn with Laura Pankanine of the Pankanine Group. And she has some tremendous advice. She's been in business for 16 years. And if you're not on our YouTube channel, um, you're going to want to run over there <laughs> and take a look at this video because this lady does not look old enough to have a business for 16 years. And it's a second business on top of that crazy. Um, I definitely want whatever vitamins she's taking, but she's been through a couple of recessions. And she gives us some advice on her experience in running her business and economic downturns and how that it's how that's affected her and her firm as a luxury business. And I think you're going to be surprised to find out our thoughts on that. So stay tuned. Before I get into my chat with Laura, Remember that our very first Wingnut Academy course, Instagram for Interior Designers, is live at wingnutsocial.com. What is this, Darla? What is this course? Well, it's an actual online course that you can take at your own pace that walks you through actual strategy building for your interior design business in order to market yourself effectively on Instagram. And not only does it include strategy building for your firm, like positioning, value proposition, competitor research, branding, messaging, and all that homework that you need to get down before you even consider marketing yourself successfully on Instagram. It walks you through step-by-step -step on the implementation on how to create content, how to manage your content pillars, how to put your messaging out there in order to attract not just clients, but the kind of clients you want for your interior design firm. It walks through Instagram ads and through all that. That can be so complicated in and of itself. How to run ads on Facebook and Instagram, because Meta owns both, really, and how to look at your metrics. What does this even mean? How, how do I know what I'm doing is successful? It can be incredibly overwhelming. But with this course, we break it down in a very digestible way. So you can master that for you, your own firm, delegate it to an intern, do it yourself if that's where you're at for an incredibly reasonable price. This is all our proprietary information, our secret sauce. You sign one client and you have an, a return of investment a hundred times in some cases. So um, it's a no-brainer. Head on over to wingnutsocial.com, Wingnut Academy. Uh, it is now at an introductory course launch pricing. It is not going to stay at that price for long. Wingnutsocial.com. All right, before I get into my conversation with Laura Pankanine, let me tell you about her. Laura Pankanine is an Austin-based interior designer and founder of the design and construction firm, The Pankanine Group. How ironic that that would have the same name. Through her 16 years in business, Laura has made a name for herself through her full-scale home projects as well as kitchen projects and has become the go-to kitchen designer in her region. In 2022, Laura opened Austin's first nice, curated homeware store of its kind, Bleu, spelled the French way, by TPG in Davenport Village. She's been featured in Southern Living, House Beautiful, BHG, that's Better Homes and Gardens, and more. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Laura Pankanine to the show. Hey there, Laura Pankanine. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you? 
Hi, Darla. I'm doing great. Greetings from Austin, Texas. We're excited <laughs> yeah, to be here with you today. <laughs> I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited to have you here. And what a gorgeous background that you have. And in the green room, we were saying this is your actual home office, your house, right? It is. I had to escape the studio today so that I could have some good focus time with you. And um, this is my home. This is where I office when I'm at home. And then I've got my living room beyond. And thank if I didn't you know so better, much. I'd almost think you were an interior designer. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I hope it's showing through in my own house. You don't yeah. see it's a, yeah, it's a house of mirrors over here for sure. So, yeah. so pretty. For you guys who aren't following us on our YouTube channel designed by Wingnut Social, you're going to want to head on over there so you can see Laura's beautiful background here or any other visuals that we do for our podcast there. So Laura, again, thank you so much for joining us. I did give the Wingnuts a little bit about your bio, your information there, but uh, tell us just a little bit more about yourself before we dig into today's topic on running your interior design firm in an economic downturn. Oh, great. Yes. Um, my name is Laura <laughs> Pankinine. Like we said, my business is the Pankinine Group. We are an interior design firm as well as a design build firm here in Austin. Um, I've been in business for 16 years now. Nice. Um, this is a second career for me. I um, started as a PR person um, way back in the day. That's what I went to the University of Texas for. Um, to get a degree in. And then um, after that, um, spent some time raising a young family and then started my um, interior design business, which was my my true passion all along. And so I'm, I'm one of those fun, you know, I have one of those fun lives now, like many of us, that we turned our, um, yep. our passion into our second career. So, yeah. You do not look old enough to have started a business <laughs> 16 years ago. <laughs> I did. Especially yeah. as a second career. <laughs> Absolutely. No, another reason. <laughs> another reason to tune into the YouTube channel, guys. There's uh, no way. There's that's no funny. way. Can I ask you how old you are? I'm 48. Yes. No. Yeah. Girl, I want what you're having. It's <laughs> <laughs> very sweet. No, yeah, I know. Well, and I'm, I'm holding it together with rubber bands and duct tape at the moment. But yes. Yeah. Uh, Package those up you. and send them my way. Good Lord. Yeah, you, that's amazing. Yeah, terrific. You're taking care of yourself for sure. Thank All you. right. So, Laura, we are talking today about how to run your business in an economic downturn. And we have seen some inflation and a little bit of an economic downturn. One of the things that I do love about the interior design business, though, if you're positioned right, your messaging is right, is it is a luxury business. So it does seem to affect some of the middle to higher end designers a little bit less than the general economy. But you have already been with your interior design firm through through two recessions. Is that right? Is that what you well, said? Well, I guess, um, I, you know, I was trying to think of like the timing of everything, but mm -hmm. I started my business, like the core of my business started in 2008, which we all know hit the entire nation pretty what hard. A show that was. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and thankfully, knock on wood, I mean, those of us who have been in Austin for a while, Austin, you know, we had a slowdown, we had a pause for sure, but we weren't mm -hmm. hit as hard as most of the country was at the time. Um, so that was that, you know, that was lucky for sure. Um, but basically, you know, before 2008, I had been doing um, my own projects. We, ha I had been renovating homes, um, building custom homes on spec. Um, my husband and I kind of worked on that together just as, you know, a side hustle, so to speak. Um, wow. We lived in these homes and then would flip them. And I started getting inquiries probably 2007. It was still the heyday. It was crazy how fast it just turned completely off in 2008. But um, I started getting inquiries from friends, you know, hey, help me with my floor plans for real, I'll pay you, you know, and that wasn't my business at the time to do right. client work. Um, so then, you know, right, you know, I started doing some of that work and then 2008 dried a lot of that up, right, as far yeah. as 
is, you know, um, and especially as a new business starting, like you mentioned, our luxury business, I think it insulates the high-end designers pretty well. I really yeah. do. I mean, when you're dealing with the top 1%, they have slowdowns, but it's not like, you know, the rest of us. It's not like the core of our, our country. And so, um, you know, that does insulate you a bit. But, you know, starting my business um, as a young designer, you know, I... I, I think what helped me a lot in that recession economy was the fact that my background was design build. Um, I came into it um, doing my own projects, like I said. And so mm -hmm. when people couldn't sell their homes and they couldn't put their homes on the market, I was someone that that client could turn to and say, hey, help me love my home because I thought we were going to be able to upsize to a larger home for our growing family and we can't do that anymore. And so where can I create space? Where can I find some new, you know, love for my space, that kind of thing. And so we helped them. I helped them, but at that time it was just me, um, <laughs> kind of create um, that in their home and, and fulfill a need for that client, mm -hmm. um, you know, during that tough economy. Right. So I think that's a really good point. And, you know, and when you were saying that, it made me think of when COVID first started, or not even first, but a few months into it, and people started realizing, well, I'm not going to be able to go on travel for a while. That's a travel budget. We're stuck in our home. They're staying, they're looking around their homes. And they're like, ah, let me upgrade it. Let me see what I can do to improve the home that I'm in right now. And the interior design business just went through the roof. It flourished like crazy. Exactly. Um, frustratingly so in some ways with the... the a lot of adjustments, supply the supplies, chain. Mm -hmm. The supply chain issues for sure. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm seeing as well from our Wingnut Social clients that we manage here for their marketing is that people are just like, okay, maybe we're not going to buy that new house right now. Let's invest in the one we have and making that our dream home. So I, I'm sorry, I had a little that, flo I had a floating no. thread here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's invest in, in that in our dream home. So, and, and you're right. And I don't even think it's a top 1%, maybe top 5%, top 10%, maybe. That's what I'm saying is that mm -hmm. I think that mindset is, is big with our, like the, the core of, you know, our client base. And there's so many parallels there. You pointed out many of them yeah. between now um, and this, you know, opposite end of the growth spectrum for our businesses versus 2008. Mm -hmm. But yeah, leaning into kitchen design. I did so much kitchen design the first few years of my business. That same you. cycle came back again um, in the pandemic times. Mm -hmm. And um, again, people weren't moving, you know, they weren't ready for that kind of life change. Real estate obviously went through the roof the other way instead of, you know, the, the downturn, the severe downturn mm -hmm. of 2008. So, hey, how can I love my house? What do I need to do? Of course, the budgets were bigger this time <laughs> around. So that's been a lot more fun. You know, everyone's ready to go with their, you know, their budget for their sub-zero panel ready and this and that, which has been, <laughs> nice. you know, super different for, I, I think, a lot of us, you know, um, that's the kind of customer focus that I think is important for designers to, to look at um, when, when we have these changes in the economy is how can I serve that customer that's there? How can I serve the pipeline that is not just my ideal client, although they are for me in a mm -hmm. lot of ways, yeah. um, but you know, how can I serve that client that's ready to go? You know, and, and what, mm -hmm. how can my business tailor to that client? What do you say to that interior designer that's out there saying, oh, maybe there's an economic downturn and I want to focus some of my interior design work or my service offering uh, to, what's the word I'm looking for, 
down a bit. I mean, maybe I'll just do some less expensive consultations or less expensive decorating models to, to kind of like racing to the bottom of that is the the expression I was I was looking for. Do you think that that's a good idea or or not necessarily? Your, yeah. I, I think sticking to the core of your business and trusting your gut with the, the the mission statement that you had from your for your business to begin with. I mean, if you look at my business, I'll use myself as an example. When I started, I knew back in two thousand eight there were not flat fee based designers. I was the only one I knew at the time. Oh. There were um and i leaned heavily into flat fee um based on you know uh peek behind the curtain it's based on you know an hourly retainer that i sure. calculate for the project um so it's not just a number number i pull out of the sky um but flat fee and um project based scope was mm-hmm. super important um for for me and so looking at my business now 15 years later am i going to pull away from that am i going to do a one off hourly um even if things get slow? Am I going to, you know, be the, the designer? And there is a business for this. It's just not my business, but am I going to be the designer where I just bring a one-off rug to somebody's house or one-off lamp or, mm-hmm. um, lean into paint consultation? Like I said, there is a business for that in the design industry, certainly, but yeah. that's not where I started my business. That's not the mission for my business. And so I'm not going to go that route necessarily, but am I going to, if I'm getting a hundred calls for kitchen renovations, is that where I'm going? Um, absolutely. Even if I want a full whole house furnishings project, you know, that's good. That customer will come back maybe. Mm-hmm. But right now, you know, that um, full service um, home, you know, total home furnishings customer, that's a super luxury client, right? Yeah. I mean, every, oh, yeah. everything's super expensive right now. It's, it's a, you know, it's, you know, whatever. It may be a difficult time um, in the economy coming up, but maybe that kitchen client um, can still be a super high-end luxury client, but we're creating an investment in their house. And so that's a client that may be more receptive to the services we have to offer right now. Yeah, I love that answer. And to your point, I, I think that the the interior designers who are doing the one-offs and the consultations and stuff, who have created that as a business model, which like you said, there is definitely a space Absolutely. for that, room for that. I think that they are the ones, if we have, uh, if we see more of an economic downturn, that will be impacted more so, which doesn't seem fair, but I think that that's going to be the way that goes. So Laura, you also have a, a retail store. I do. Right, right. Okay. So tell, talk to us a little bit about the their... Your furnishings. So you did mention whole home furnishings, maybe coming yes. from a kitchen di- designer or example. Do you, I'm, I'm assuming that you're charging markup on that. And h- tell me how that works and how that re- applies to an ac- economic downturn as far as charging and, and yeah. working that in there for the profit for your business. Well, our, our store concept, our showroom concept is definitely very specialized. So that retail store kind of came, came about because of two things. One is we were looking for new studio space. And two, I knew that I would want to experiment with a showroom concept at the time. Um, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, I didn't know if that would be a retail concept or if it would be a trade only type of showroom concept, but Mm -hmm. I wanted to have the flexibility of both. And if nothing else, I want to be able to pivot in and out depending. Um, and so I wanted the two in one. And so when we were looking for our office space, we looked in retail environments and we found, we got really lucky with the space that we have. It's exactly where, um, our customer is. Um, it's, you know, three miles from my house. And so it's real easy for people to pop in that know us. But as far as the concept goes, we wanted to create 
um, a place for that one-off customer that we were just talking about. So a place where they can kind of get a taste of the Pankinine Group, our full-service studio. So TPG Look, uh, the store is called Blue, the French spelling for Blue. <laughs> um, but it's, um, you know, where they could go and kind of get a taste of how we might accessorize, do the finishing touches in a home. We don't, it's only 500 square feet, the showroom. So we don't have oh, a wow. lot of room for a ton of large furniture. We do have some some furnishings pieces, but it's very selected. Um, but you know, it, it, it's definitely retail. So it's, um, we have a markup on everything there. Um, the, the business definitely one thing I've, I've learned is it is a business that, that retail store business. I, I came into it, um, with a lot of, you know, big ideas and all of that, but it is, a, I've had to put on a whole different hat and realize that I'm creating a second business for myself right now with that. Really? Um, so it's an investment as you okay. might guess, um, yeah. not just oh, yeah. in the overhead, but in the inventory. Um, and it's a staffing investment as well. But the, the great thing about that type of business for us is that it is feeding the full service business and the studio really well. So the yeah, two businesses support each other. Yeah. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. we carry inventory that I think resonates great with the customer. It's unique inventory for Austin from the, the traditional slash vintage perspective that it may not be a look that it's our look, but it may not be a look mm -hmm. that you see everywhere in Austin retail. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's a look that we can pull for inventory for our client projects and things right. like that. So let's let's talk about the existence of that store, the decision to open that store and to maintain that store and have that investment as it pertains to an economic downturn and fueling profit margins for the interior design firm. Do you think that that was a smart investment? Is it helping to, you know, help stay, not stave isn't the right word, but to help balance that out if there's any pullback at all? And what would you say to an interior designer who's thinking of doing that themselves right now? I would say think about it longer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, like I said, for me, it's working out okay. Now, if I started the business right now, would I feel the same way versus me starting it a year ago? Um, I don't know. You know, I feel like the one thing that it has created that I think a lot of interior designers ask me about mm -hmm. is that, yes, the answer to the question is it has so far filled a pipeline of customer that may not have heard of, of us on a referral basis, and it gives them an automatic peek into what we're doing and it gets mm -hmm. them excited about what we can do for them. And so we have gotten customers, full service customers from the store. Now, are these people blowing through the store and buying, you know, $500 worth of product <laughs> or $1,000 worth of product? No, but they're saying, I love everything in here. Mm -hmm. When can I get on your calendar for full yeah. service? Okay. And that I think is exactly what I thought we were going to get. And mm -hmm. so from that standpoint, it's meeting expectations. Well, I think sure. with 500 square feet, I mean, that, yeah. that sounds to me like you're getting a good return on your investment. Hey, interior designers, are you just throwing content at Instagram without a plan or a strategy, and you have no idea what you are doing in order to attract your ideal client? Well, I'm here to tell you that we have a solution for that. I am so excited that our very first Wingnut Academy online course, Instagram for interior designers, is finally here. This extremely robust and comprehensive digital marketing course will take you from meh to amazing 
with your Instagram marketing, I can't tell you how many designers have come to me and said, listen, Darla, I'm not ready. I'm not in a position to delegate my social media marketing out to a professional like you yet. I need a more entry level, a more affordable level of a course or something like that, that I can actually use to attract my ideal client and implement it myself or delegate it to an intern or an employee. And I hear you. And here it is. Instagram for Interior Designers contains our exact secret sauce that we use here at Wingnut. Strategy, methodology, resources, systems and processes, uh, everything that we do here on behalf of our Wingnut clients to get them the success that you've heard them speak about here on this podcast and on the website and in other places. That is all contained in this course. We threw the baby out with the bathwater in this course. It full everything is here. Everything they're going to need. There are over thirty-one lessons, seven modules, downloadable workbooks, resources, and more. I cannot tell you how um, thorough and complete this course is. In fact, when my director first saw this, she said, "Man, I hope we're charging a ton for this because there's just so much in it." So, for more information on Wingnut Academy and our very first course, Instagram for Interior Designers, head on over to wingnutsocial.com. Check out Wingnut Academy there in the drop down menu, and you'll see it in all its glory. Instagram for Interior Designers. That's wingnutsocial.com, Wingnut Academy. So, Laura, what would you tell that designer who's out there thinking, oh, there's an economic downturn? Let me think about lowering my hourly rate. Let me think about sharing some of my product discount with my clients. I would advise against that, um, both of those things. Um, okay, why? You know, okay, well, with the hourly, I mean, let's look at our the services we provide just in relation. I mean, we, we're not just providing beauty, right, as designers. We are providing a service. And it's mm -hmm. everyone that's listening to your podcast right now knows that this is a difficult job. It's, you know, it, there's a lot of planning involved. There's a ton of logistics. The supply chain and what's come out of the pandemic yeah. has not made this job any easier at all. Mm -hmm. I have We've to tell you, this, just not, yeah. not to interrupt you, but I'm going to interrupt yeah. you. I was a cop. I was a sergeant. I have locked oh. down shopping malls for bomb threats. And being an interior designer is the hardest thing I've ever done when I had my business with logistics. And, That's and it's, right. it's incredible. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. It's a going. difficult business. And we don't like mm -hmm. to share that a lot. I mean, I think in our community of our industry, we'll talk about it. But we we don't like to let the client behind the curtain. And you know what? Part of the service aspect of it, I'm going to say this, is you shouldn't probably let the client behind the curtain. You know, if you make it sound, you want to make it sound <laughs> like you're earning your hourly, right? Your your fee. But at the same time, um, you know, once you get two in the weeds, nobody understands really <laughs> all, <laughs> yeah. all the logistics involved. But if you're looking at it from that, I have in the pandemic had to absolutely hire at least two to three staff people that I might not have had if we didn't have this crazy onslaught of work and mm -hmm. the logistical issues that come with that. I have have a full-time logistics person that all she does is purchase and track, purchase and track. Mm -hmm. I never had hired that position before. So these are positions that when, when we're taking on this kind of, of work through our business, we need to pass on those costs to our customers. Um, mm -hmm. And everybody's got a different business model for how to do that. For me, I, I have not raised my hourly in the pandemic. So I'm 250 an hour. That, I'm flat fee, but it's based nice. on my 250 an hour. I haven't knocked that down at all. Um, I've been there for a few years. But what I have done is if it takes, you know, an extra X number of hours to track the logistics on a project that's running a year longer than it would have, you know, to no one's fault, just, you know, the way it's going, then, mm -hmm. um, then yeah, it's, um, that's something that we need to account for in our fees. Um, mm -hmm. and same with our markups. 
Okay. Well, I can tell, Laura, by your beautiful background and by the work on your website and everything that you're an established, extremely sought after interior designer, your work is stunning. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about marketing and your messaging and positioning to find these clients, the one, the five to 1% or whatever. I'm not an economist, so I don't really know what the percentage is, right. who can afford the the value of your services, the services that you're offered to make their home more beautiful and have that recession-proof income budget. How, what are you doing in your marketing in order to keep your messaging out there to find these clients? Well, that's a great question. Um, we try to be strategic about it. And I know you're a social media expert, and I'm definitely <laughs> not. Um, so any tips you want to throw my way, I will appreciate. Absolutely. And I okay. should be calling you on the side. Yeah, you but, should be. Um, but, you know, um, I... We we do post regularly. We try to have, you know, we lean into Instagram from that as, aspect of our marketing. I feel like mm -hmm. we've created a nice portfolio of work that the client can look at and can see, generally speaking, that we're, you know, an expert in the field, you know, in the industry. Um, as far as really targeted marketing, you know, we've We've run ads here and there. We do lean, like mm -hmm. I said, into the social media aspect. We have a separate account for our store for Blue than we do for our full service, but the two accounts mirror each other pretty well. Um, but as far as, you know, um, what I really lean into and I think is important um, as all of us approach what may be a small little hiccup in the in, in the economy is, you know, I lean into referrals. Um, I think the Instagram client can be a great client, but I think mm -hmm. the better client um, potential pipeline is mm -hmm. having a happy customer, having a happy client. Mm -hmm. And so providing everything that we can on the full service front, remembering that this is a service business that, okay, we're creatives. There's a lot of IP intellectual property involved in everything we do every day, but is that what gets us hired over and over again? Mm, I would say it's probably 30 to 40% that and 60 to 70% the service that you provided for your last client. Mm -hmm. And so um, that doesn't mean, you know, take on everything from the, you know, from the project and, you know, work 80 hour weeks or anything like that. But it does mean like just having being process oriented um, and approaching mm -hmm. the project from an organized uh, point of view, um, setting client expectations, I think is always good. Um, addressing anything like that, that you think would putting yourself in the client's shoes, basically, you know, mm -hmm. um, what would you want to hear from a designer um, coming to your house? Would you be able to understand that they were charging you 10 hours to find one lamp? You know, maybe not. So maybe that's something that you change in your process as far as how you charge the customer so that, okay, it very well may take you 10 hours to source that lamp. But is there another way for you to, to make that fee more palatable to your client? Um, you know, th those are the kinds of things that we addressed when I first started the business and um, kind of approaching the, the job from a service point of view, I mm -hmm. think, is what keeps, you know, yeah. a, a nice client um, pipeline going. Yeah, and I don't disagree with you. Referrals are usually a close every time, right? They really are, especially if they're coming from a super happy client. I will yeah. say um, from Instagram, our clients get a lot of leads from their Instagram, and I've had several guests on the show who aren't our clients, not not to be a wingnut plug, who do get a lot of leads from Instagram. And what yes. we've found to be very uh, effective is just – this is super basic, but just the show's not about this – is the content marketing and putting out – in your content marketing, the clients that you want to get, if you want super high-end clients or clients with that budget to 
post the content that shows that that's what you do and not just the decorating or the fluffing of the pillows or the one-off color consultations. Um, not to get into the weeds with that, but that's just, just a very general uh, thing. But it's, it's a really Instagram marketing or social media marketing in general, depending on what kind of designer you're on, is a good way to project and keep that pipeline full. When, those, when the referral network kind of starts getting a little slim, you want to be top of mind for that next fresh batch of clients for um, that referral generation. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Among other things. So I, I don't want to get in the weeds on that, but that's very, very cool. So yes. oh, you, you, have you noticed in your own firm Pankanine group. I Pankanine group. I got to say that tough. 10 times. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's a little bit of a tongue twister. Any um, slowdown in interest in your work or in product or anything like that right now? Not really. Um, yeah. We are thankful that whether it's because of supply chain or the way we did <laughs> our project calendars, um, we are, you know, pretty, we've got a good, you know, pretty book calendar through mm -hmm. 2023. So that's good. So I'm hoping that all of this is going to be a blip on the radar and yeah. everything will start turning around for everybody in June and uh, mm -hmm. more optimism will be felt throughout the industry. Um, but I have noticed a lot of what you pointed out earlier in our talk, and that is that the different inquiries, the types of inquiries. So oh, we, okay. we do um, get... Um, I'm getting more of, and probably because of the store affiliation. So I, we are um, working through that, but you know, the one-off questions about, you know, certain product and can you help me with just this one piece, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, and so we, I have a staff person that can kind of help with those one-off requests as far as, that's cool. um, yeah, so that's great. Um, and as far as the full service client, I mean, I feel like, um, the inquiries are changing. So while we were doing a lot of um, design build um, with our firm mm -hmm. um, the past couple of years, I feel like the, the, the furnishings piece is coming back around oh, um, nice. stronger. So it's, it looks like it's going to be that 50, 50 matchup um, that we like to see um, mm -hmm. in the business. So yeah, I'm, I'm real optimistic about that for sure. Yeah, I would be too because I when I was doing Darla Powell Interiors, I mean our our most of our bread and butter was in the the product sales, in the furnishing sales Absolutely. and everything. That's that's yeah, I like that much better than design yes. fees. Yes. I, yes. I, I love that for us. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. I do too. And it's a lot of fun too. It's a, it's a good, like, I like both. And people always say, how much do you like design build still when you're doing whole house furnishings mm -hmm. and all that? And I love everything about the design build business. There are times where I'm like, okay, am I tired of hurting cats today? I don't yeah. know. Tell me about um, it. It can be a grind, but those, you know, the, the trades, the problem solving that you encounter on the job site, uh, from my perspective, the ability that I have to control what happens on the job site when I'm the one in charge um, or my business is the one in charge of the contracting and the trades, uh, it's unmatched um, as far as that organization. So I do appreciate that a lot. And I realize that it's a total trade off. But then I love to mix it up, you know, with the fun, mm -hmm. you know palettes and colors and all that stuff that makes it's our, less our dusty so too yes <laughs> less allergies i don't have to wear a mask the whole thing and the yes. turnaround time's a lot quicker there's exactly. a quicker quicker hopefully, payoff hopefully yeah. we're coming yeah, back yeah, around to true. that so, i think yeah. so are we what are what do supply chains look like right now i've been i've been out of the loop for a year and a half 
you know what? Everybody knock on wood as I speak because I am, I, I'm seeing optimism. I am seeing optimism. There are things that are arriving that I did not expect to arrive for months and um, from the major North Carolina custom folks and all mm-hmm. of that. And so I'm very excited about that. Um, and so, and you know, and I wonder some of the Starla, I do wonder if like the downturn that some of us are feeling is mm-hmm. just that it's not as harried as it has been. I feel like I've been programmed in a lot of ways to be just, you know, hamster on a wheel, working weekends because I don't have time to get, you know, the business end of things done during the week sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm hope I, we all need that to turn around, you know, we need more balance that way. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, even (laughs) I was telling my staff, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that chair shipped. That wasn't supposed to ship till August. And they're all looking at me like, you need to be happy. You need to be excited. <laughs> you need to be turning a cartwheel right now. And this yeah. is what it needs to go back to. We need more of the let's go back. It, yeah. it was still 16 weeks, but hey, it wasn't 52 weeks. So that's, you know. Yeah, that's funny that that's you say good. that because I have seen that as well. And it's something that we're seeing here at the at the marketing agency is that interior designers aren't just tripping over clients anymore so much as they were during the pandemic. Now they're actually having to come and focus and increase their marketing budget in order to keep that pace, maybe not as harried or as frenzied, as you said, but right. to keep that going and being consistent. Because my my team at first was like, well, if there's an economic downturn, they were a little concerned. What does that mean for the marketing budgets? And I said, don't worry about that at all. Because of the situation, it's been that they're tripping over clients. They were pushing away clients you know, inter- right. as interior designers. But now... They have to, interior designers really have to focus on their marketing and their positioning and keeping that going, and which is so important. So I had a, a good friend of mine, Kate O'Hara of Martha O'Hara Interiors on the podcast, and she's been through a couple of recessions. That's a well-established firm. And whenever there's an economic downturn, they actually increase their marketing budget. Now it's a digital marketing budget because what happens is the visceral reaction for interior designers or people in general during a downturn is to reduce their marketing budget, which is counterintuitive and Absolutely. so destruct it's destructive because what happens is with that when <clears throat> everything comes through, the interior designer who kept their marketing budget or even increased their marketing budget is so far ahead of the competition that pulled back and their positioning and their messaging that the designers who pull back their marketing budget just takes forever, if ever, to catch up to the that's, competition in the market. I agree with that. Yeah. And I have heard that before. And that's something that we're, you know, we're going to practice for sure is mm-hmm. leaning into marketing, yeah. leaning into photography, um, lean into networking, honestly, you know, get so out there valuable. and talk to yeah. more builders and architects and your mm-hmm. design industry friends. Um, all of that is really important. Use this time that none of us have really had the past couple of years to do that mm-hmm. and really um, grow that, you know, that part of your business. Terrific, terrific advice. Terrific advice. Laura, is there anything that I've forgotten to ask you on this topic that you need to share or you feel you need to share with the listeners before we get into the fire round? Oh, my gosh. Well, um, you know, I, I feel like it's um, it's a business that, like we talked about, it can be challenging at times. We've definitely had, you know, a challenging couple years, but it's it's such we all know it's such a rewarding business. And I think that for me, it's important to find the joy in what I'm doing and not just, you know, in the growth. Um, the growth has been, you know, significant for my firm um, the past few years. And I'm so grateful for that 
that. But at the same time, there are times where I'm like, you know, I, I used to have time to just stop and look around at, you know, what's going on and see trends, notice trends, get deep into my magazines and my books and things like that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm yearning for that again. I'm yearning <laughs> to that, just get that in, back into that inspiration level. You know, when we're busy, it's like our clients are the ones, our clients and our <laughs> trades are the ones inspiring us. Okay, tell me something because you're the person I'm seeing 24-7 right now. But um, but I think, you know, this is going to be a year for me to kind of explore that more and and dig deep into the, you know, the three, four full service projects and be grateful for that mm-hmm. and, and dig deep into that time with those clients. And really, like you said, use that, like approach the project from you know, how am I going to market this project when it's installed? You know, um, what, you know, let, let me think just more deeply about, you know, um, where can I create a moment here that will resonate with a future client? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So, right. Uh, and yeah, you know, it's the same when, when COVID started, a lot of us took some time off really mm-hmm. to just have those like, okay, what is it? Where's my joy in this? Let me have, let me take a deep breath. Not for long mm-hmm. <laughs> because we all know what that looked like. That's right. It was um, like two months. So, yeah. <laughs> then you're drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. Work life balance, regardless of, you know, whether the one percentage are coming at you or, or not. Right. That's so exactly. important. And I need to, I need to do that myself. My, my fiance is so frustrated because I work all day long. <laughs> Uh, I know, I know. I need well, to take my own advice. Well, and it's easy device. to do when you love what you're doing, right? And yeah. that's the thing. And when, when it's your business too. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. When it's your business. Yeah. Right. It's hard, hard to let go sometimes. All right. Laura Pinkanine. Now I need to ask you, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut Round? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> what would the hashtag on your tombstone be? I think um, hashtag family first, customer first. Oh, I, I like, I can dig that. I can certainly see why your clients love you. You're Thanks. stuck on a deserted island, but you can have one food forever. What is it? This is a tough one because anyone that knows me is cracking up right now because I eat all the foods at all the times. Um, Same. And so, um, you know, at the core, um, a good hummus and pita chip is probably my favorite thing. Maybe That explains why you're, <laughs> you don't look 48. <laughs> No, I do eat all the junk food. Okay, tiramisu. You found me, Darla. That's it. It would just be a vat of tiramisu. I had to put hot lights on you for that. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> so now we get the truth. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Last but not least, recommend a book that has impacted you either personally or professionally. Oh my gosh. I love reading all the books. And I will say the books I love the most are true crime. But oh, nice. um, and they, um, so I go deep on those. But professionally, I would say the Enneagram book um, helped me a lot. Um, okay. And three achiever, you know, that's me. And um, so and then, um, you know, Rocket Fuel is a book that gets promoted quite a bit. And that's one that I read early on. It was recommended to me early on um, in our business. And I think kind of figuring out the process of um, how to run a business is one of those things that's, you know, difficult for us creatives at times. And so um, figuring out like how to streamline some of those things to to create a successful business was really important to me. Yeah. Who's the author of Rocket Fields? Gino something. Gino, is it Gino Wickman? Yes. Is that right? Yes. Am I wrong? I no, might be you're having there. a moment. Oh my gosh. That's correct. I think. It, are we, are we correct? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's across the room from me. I need to go grab it. Don't worry guys. <laughs> That'll be in the show notes at wingnutsocial.com. Yes. Just check out this episode with Laura Pinkanine and Laura, please tell the listeners where they can go to find out more about you and we'll call it a day. Absolutely. Um, our website, thepankaninegroup.com, and Pankanine is P as in Paul, A-N-K-O-N-I-E-N. Common spelling. Um, 
Yes, common spelling. It looks like Panconian. Um, so you're on the right track if you're there. Um, and then um, Instagram at the Panconine group at blue, B-L-E-U by TPG um, is where you can find more information about our retail store. And we're also the, the, uh, the store is also online. So we're doing e-commerce now as well. Oh, terrific. And don't forget to give us a call so we can help you out with that. Darla, absolutely. This has been so much fun. I would love to work together. Absolutely. (laughs) Same, same, same. Thank you so much for joining us, Laura. Thank you. All right, guys. So I'm curious to see what your experience has been with your business in the current economic times with inflation and everything. I will say that at Wingnut Social, we haven't seen any pullback at all. I'm guessing that if you're out there and you have a a middle to high-end interior design firm, you might be experiencing the same. The one thing that I will say that we are experiencing is more designers coming to us because of what I mentioned in my chat to Laura, that clients just aren't tripping over themselves like they were during the pandemic. So maybe that's a thing. Maybe it isn't what Laura said. It's just not as harried. It is more manageable in that way. But I do see that designers are realizing, okay, we need to increase our marketing budget in order to keep that kind of momentum. So that is what we're seeing. Maybe your experience is different. Maybe your experience is better. So I'd love to hear what your experience is. If you head on over to wingnutsocial.com, you can comment on this episode. I believe comments are live on this episode. If not, then just send it telepathically. We'll get it. And that is it for this week. Remember to go check out Wingnut Academy, our very first course, Instagram for interior designers. Crazy, crazy value pack, guys. I can't, I cannot, I cannot express that to you more. Wingnutsocial.com or wingnutacademy.com will get you there. And remember, until next week, to get out there, get uncomfortable, and be great. You've reached the end of this episode of Designed by Wingnut Social. But that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 786-206-4331 to see how we can help take your business from meh to amazing. We'll see you on the next episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, your digital marketing tightly fastened. Hey kids, and welcome to Design by Wingnut Social. I'm your host, Darla Jethro Powell, and today's host, Laura Pinkenine. Today's host. Well, it is a it is well, well, it's an online course that walks you through step by step a marketing. Well, it's an online course that walks you through step by step an actual marketing strategy, methodologies. Uh, how do you say that? Wait, and how do you do that? What's the word I'm looking for? All right, before I get into my conversation with Laura Penkenine, let me tell you about her. Laura is an... <laughs> All right, before I get into my conversation with... Whoop, clipping. So I'd love to hear what your experiences is. Had, uh, so I'd love to hear what your experiences is. Experiences is. Good boy, Mango.